Uno. Hello, and welcome to the Half Blind Hecklers episode 62. Vamos! Yeah, I don't know what 62 is in Spanish. Uh, well, it's no nowhere near as uh, exciting or sexy as 69, but, you know. Well, 69 is just special in every language. <laughs> For reasons we will not get into, because that it's would just get mathematics. It's just simple <laughs> mathematics, you know. <laughs> Anyways. Universal language. Now that we're not talking about overtly sexual acts, <laughs> we're going to talk about a few different stories. Now, you might notice that there are fewer stories than we usually have because we're not going to mention the Biden inauguration speech and the follow-up because I kind of covered it on Tuesday. He who does not exist. <laughs> the fraud in chief. Oh, so. oh do you remember... Did you watch the... Uh, the uh, the Trump's farewell speech. Yeah, I watched. He movie. never once he never once mentioned like Biden by name. I was like, no, it's like it's a game. It's like you don't want to save Voldemort because suddenly <laughs> Biden could show up and sniff you and sniff you. And be like, ah, ah, get off me, ah, like that. Okay. So, <laughs> apparently, we're liking tangents today. So first off, we're going to cover the vaccine and the side effects, and talk about the twenty three people that died in Norway. Because it needs it's to be talked about. The media is not really talking about it because they want to shove it under the rug. What? And, yeah. <laughs> oh, then we're going to talk about Parler welcoming the FBI probe of the company after the House Oversight calls review of the Capitol riot rule, which is basically the House Oversight Committee using the FBI as a political weapon. Go get them, boys. Yeah. Then we're going to talk about American trust in the media. It's an all-time low. And <laughs> it's about like the ultimate like duh story. <laughs> yeah. Trump is said to be considering starting a Patriot Party after facing criticism from top Republicans. It's a decent name. I like that. Yeah, I don't mind it. And then we'll talk about Alberta's Kenny urging trade sanctions if no satisfaction with the United States on Keystone decision. And then we're gonna have a little bit of discussion about testing rates and why, despite there in some places there being falling cases, such as in Alberta, there are the restrictions are not lifting. And Rigged. Where we see this going? <laughs> I'm trying to be the voice of reason. Trying to be the voice of reason. <laughs> so hard. I it's know. so thinking hard. It's so difficult in this world. My gosh. Hey, uh, come back. Hey, go ahead. <laughs> Come back, Come back, the blind one. I'm pretty right. reasonable. I'm most, reasonable when I'm most, not making jokes. When you're not making jokes, yes. Oh, reasonable. vast majority. 99.97% of the time. Only the 0.03% am I joking, so go. Yeah, I think you highly underestimate how often you joke, but let's talk what? Not like you. Not like you can like make up stats on the spot. That's well, totally not a stat. <laughs> no, I'm just going to have a PCR test if you're joking. <laughs> It's about, it'd be about as re, as accurate as like a real PCR test yeah. for like viruses. Okay, yeah. so yeah, what, we, what we know <laughs> about the vaccine side effects. So this is an article from CNET. <laughs> so now that the first COVID-19 vaccines have been granted emergency use by the FDA, some are worried about potential side effects, despite rampant fears and myths about the COVID-19 yeah. vaccine. Official data proves the vaccine isn't as scary as some people make it out to be. In fact, the most commonly reported side effects are rather mild and should dissipate within a few days. Okay, okay, you know what that, that you know what that makes you think of, Steven? Yeah, it makes me think of like that that stat that came out in December. It's like 
It's like, oh, 97, was like, was it like 97 or 95% of like, of the protests, the BLM protests, the George oh, Floyd yeah, protests, peaceful. were peaceful. It's like yeah. 95% were peaceful. It's like, yeah, and those 5%, yeah, 5% destroyed, destroyed like two billion in half English. the country. Yeah. Like, it's like, yeah, yeah, I don't know if you're going to pull that off. Yeah, no. It's just like, and you wonder why we're going to talk about Americans not trusting the media. Hmm. So all vaccines have possible side effects with mild to moderate severity. That is true. Mm -hmm. Typical vaccine side effects include localized pain, swelling, redness, sometimes bruising the injection site, as well as fever and tiredness. Yeah, again, with any vaccination, you can expect a bit of pain during and after the injection, mm -hmm. says Dr. Thomas Duzinski, director well, of the... a doozy of a name. I know. I think I pronounced it correctly, though. Director you of epidemiology well education at Indiana University. This doctor adds that some people may experience chills, fatigues, or minor headaches. Reported so COVID-19 vaccine side effects. According to the, <laughs> the CDC. ones they want you to know. Yeah, this is according to the CDC. So these are the ones you want. they want you to know. Common side yeah. effects are injection site pain, injection site swelling, fever, chills, headache, and tiredness. They mm -hmm. don't mention, you know, fainting. The big ones. Death. <laughs> like, we know that fainting <laughs> is a side effect, considering a lady was caught on camera fainting. Yeah. And yet they're oh, like, you know no, that no, she, no, we're not gonna we're you not gonna say faint. You know she died afterwards, right? What? She died. I did not know she died. Yeah, the lady that, that fainted on that thing, I've heard people say like, yeah, she's died and they're trying to cover it up. Okay. All right, let's mildly incon mildly inconvenient, I'd say, but all right, while while you're looking that up, um something I found interesting about the um uh the vaccine, it's something people should know. People are saying if you trust, like this is like just like any other vaccine, and the problem is that they're comparing this vaccine to every single other vaccine who at, that ever came up, but it's not true. This is a completely new vaccine. This isn't using viruses that already existed that they culture and build up, and you know, like give you the dead virus cells so you can build immunity. This is a completely different thing. This is they're they're hijacking your cells in order that they can create the protein that supposedly these viruses, uh, the coronavirus, uh, likes to latch onto to create a, an, um, an immune response. Now, the rationale obviously given is that, oh, it's much faster because, you know, you don't have to build these cultures. One thing that they forget to mention is that, and, and I, I still, I haven't found, I haven't heard otherwise, but nobody anywhere on earth has isolated this virus. Mm -hmm. That is like one of the most basic things you do with viruses. The second you get a virus, you isolate it so that you can, that's how you create a vaccine. You isolate the virus, you find a live virus that you can culture, and that's how you make a vaccine. And yet nobody's found this virus. Nobody has an actual like sample of this virus anywhere on earth that I've heard. And so that's another thing. It's like, hmm, they, they haven't found this virus, even though it's so prevalent. And so they're making a vaccine that doesn't use viruses. It, mm -hmm. it just hijacks your cells. So I'm not saying like, like, you know, like this virus doesn't exist. I'm not saying, I'm just saying there are some serious questions that I'm like, mm -hmm. huh, they should make you think. Yeah. They haven't been able to find this virus or isolated mm -hmm. in any, any source. Yeah. They, they, they're using a brand new vaccine that uses a completely experimental system. And yeah, some serious question mm -hmm. marks that you should, you should be asking these questions. These are serious yeah. questions. Mm -hmm. Just sure. for you to that. So you found something. Go for it. So yeah, fact check. False. She did not die. Oh, she didn't. Okay. No. So I, I heard reports that she died. So she had. Yeah, okay. no, that was 
like I, I fact checked it from a few different sources and she was she did Oh not. okay. Okay. So, Good to know. So um so then there's a couple side effects that are different between the various different vaccines types. Most of them are fairly <laughs> similar. And then we'll mm -hmm. go into so now severe side effects. Uh, they mm -hmm. have been reported, according to the FDA and CDC, in the UK, two people with known severe allergies suffered allergic reactions after receiving the COVID-19 vaccine and both recovered. Mm -hmm. uh, a healthcare worker in Alaska experienced a severe allergic reaction to the Pfizer vaccine and, as of December 16th, was still in the hospital under observation but is recovering. She had no previous allergic reaction to vaccines. Mm -hmm. During the clinical trials, no severe allergic reactions are reported. However... Severe allergic reactions are likely to be rare. It would be important for individuals with known allergies to speak with their healthcare provider prior to receiving the vaccine. Mm -hmm. They recommend a thorough risk assessment of potential deferral of the vaccine for people with a history of severe allergies to other vaccines. So, mm -hmm. and we're not going to really talk about the Bell's policy because it was the, it had the same rights. No, but the, but it should be mentioned that there have been increasing reports of people like who have gotten the, 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 the vaccine mm -hmm. who have developed it. So this isn't a, a, a hoax. People are mm -hmm. getting Bell's yeah. policy. Mm -hmm. People should know about that. Oh yeah. So and the like, ones that get it are not mm -hmm. impressed. They know that this, this may be a, a yeah. very serious you know problem for them. So the FDA briefing on the Pfizer vaccine reports the four cases in the vaccine group do not represent a frequency above that expected in the general population. So a causal relationship cannot yet be determined. They're continuing mm -hmm. to monitor. Mm, I, like like I said, I, I yeah, it's difficult to trust <clears throat> multinational <throat> ph pharmaceutical companies with a bad with a bad reputation. That's true. Mm -hmm. So so you got to take what they say with a grain of salt. So, how long do side effects last? They typically don't last longer than a couple of days. I, some people may experience side effects for several days. Side effects that are directly related to the injection site should subside relatively quickly, quickly while whole body side effects like fever and headache may last longer. If you're still mm -hmm. having side effects a week or more after you get the vaccine, call your doctor and go to urgent care. If you feel the effects are life-threatening, seek emergency care right away. We don't know the long-term side effects because... So when they really How could you? Yeah. It's like the first time they've done this kind but of stuff. If you notice, this thing, this entire article does not cite that people have died from this vaccine. Mm -hmm. Whereas we know now that there are actually several deaths that are linked to the vaccine. And mm -hmm. there are some which like, we just don't know about. So... According to the New York Post, this is not just according to the New York Post, but this is a, 23 people died in Norway within days of receiving their first dose of the Pfizer vaccine, with 13 mm -hmm. of those deaths all nursing home patients apparently related to the side effects of the shots. Common reactions to the vaccine, including fever and nausea, may have contributed to a fatal outcome in some frail patients. All 13 were nursing home patients and at least 80 years old. Officials aren't expressing mm -hmm. serious concern. They're adjusting their guidance on who should receive the vaccines. Uh, this news comes just after a week after officials reported the deaths of just two nursing home residents after they received the, third, the Pfizer jab. More than 30,000 people in Norway have received their first shot. More Moderna virus coronavirus vaccine in the Scandinavian country since late last month, according to official figures. Uh, we are not alarmed by this. Stan of course Manson, not. Medical director with the agency told Norwegian broadca broadcaster NRK, it's quite clear that these vaccines have very little risk, with a small exception to the frailest patients. 
They must now carefully consider who should be vaccinated, he added. Those who are very frail at the end of very end of life can be vaccinated after an individual assessment. <clears throat> if they're very frail at the at the very end of their lives, it's like, why? <laughs> like if they get like it no matter what disease they get, they will die. Mm-hmm. Like my grandmother, who died back in February, mm-hmm. like we knew that she was going. Like the major- and that's that's kind of something that a lot of people aren't mentioning is that a lot of these people who die from COVID are not people who would be cutting decades off their life. Mm-mm. Like weeks, maybe months, for the clear majority of patients. Mm-hmm. Like, and if you're giving a COVID nineteen vaccine, like, why would you prioritize these people? It's. <laughs> Here's here's the common sense approach, and here's okay. Let's everyone sit down. Let's have a little <laughs> chat about common sense here, okay? If you're under fifty, mm-hmm. the chances that the actual risk of coronavirus to you is insanely low. low. That like it's it's like if you're a kid, there's not even a reason to give mm-hmm. you the the vaccine. It's you're you're no. you're at almost you're at virtually zero zero percent risk. Well, yeah, like virtually, but you have I, much higher. When I looked it up, and it's it's kind of hard to find on the CDC, but when you look it up in the CDC, the risk of dying from COVID if you were under 19 is approximately between 1 in 30 to 1 in 40,000. It's so insane. Let's, let's have it's, that it's, sink it's, in. It's, <laughs> it's an insanely so low number. Low. Like, you, yeah. have, you have more chance of dying crossing the street. Mm-hmm. And of course, if you are too afraid to subject your child to that kind of risk, then put them in a bubble right now. <laughs> because you cannot protect them from everything. Yeah. And you have to assume that there is a small amount of risk with every single activity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the thing is, like, if the, 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 the risk of, of getting a serious... So one thing I, I always need to mention is people don't know, don't real, still don't realize this. Coronavirus, like COVID, COVID two, and COVID, are two different things. It's like HIV and AIDS. You you can get coronavirus without getting COVID. Okay, so it's very important to know that if you're a kid, people talk about like, oh, what about all these like long term effects and bad things that can happen uh-huh. to you? I'm like, that's if you get COVID. Yeah. If you get coronavirus, a kid can get coronavirus, like uh-huh. virus, but it doesn't cross COVID, so they're not uh-huh. going to get those long term negative outcomes yeah. that people are so scared of and like that like whoa hold on a second kids are not at risk and and they uh-huh. and here's the additional thing so that the whole idea with the, vo- the vaccine is you want to create immunity so that you can have herd immunity yeah. the, the thing that they're lying to you and i, I will just go out and say this they're lying, lying. to you about herd immunity yeah. that the, there's a le- there's a legitimate like herd like natural herd immunity yeah. that is not only like there but it's long lasting because of t-cell immunity like everyone's lying to you about this like the idea that you can't build immunity unless you get a vaccine is completely garbage and that's one of the things that i am mad about because they're trying they're lying to people telling them like you can't you can't develop natural immunity the vaccine is the only way to build immunity total garbage all right so the best way to go forward and the way that that pandemics end is pandemics end when enough of the population that's healthy that develops a natural immunity then that, that immunity gets robust enough that everyone that the finally the virus can't 
travel as efficiently. Mm -hmm. And when it does get to people, it stops. It stops spreading because there's enough of a barrier from the people. And this has already been this has already been shown and demonstrated. Loads of people have already developed a long-term immunity to to COVID, and herd immunity is already happening naturally. Now, the reason for the vaccines should be to immunize the people who can't build that natural mm -hmm. immunity, the yep. elderly and uh, the people who are uh, who have immunocompromised. Those yep. are the people that need the vaccine because they are the ones that are that can't build safely build a natural immunity. And if these vaccines are killing them and are causing severe outcomes to people who are vulnerable, then what is it good for? Yeah. Because you have you can safely build natural immunity among the healthy, and the whole idea of the vaccine is to protect the vulnerable. And if this thing mm -hmm. is not safe for the vulnerable, then it's what? Why are we even using what it? What is the desired purpose? Yep. Common sense says this is this is. A ridiculous this is an exercise in futility yep. because they're going to say like oh well that's okay we, we won't give it to the people who are really like vulnerable like the elderly but we're going to give it to the regular public i'm like why are you doing that because the regular public doesn't face serious yeah. threat from covid mm -hmm. and but you're, you're 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 lying to them telling them like oh you can't you can't build immunity unless you have this vaccine it's like no yeah. that's completely that's nonsense so false and so there is there's a there is a uh a malicious uh, falsehood to this that is really problematic. In order to tell, in order to take the vaccine, they need to prove to you that it's necessary. Yeah. Right. And this is not—they're not doing this. No, they're not. So it should—it should be something that people should know. Yep. Totally. Right, Stephen. Yeah, I'm on board. With Anyways. You. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now it's going to like you can continue forever. <laughs> Regardless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not going to catch on. I know. I know. You can't make a drinking game out of that Shame one. On Just me. can't do Shame it. On me. All right. <laughs> next story. To the next, next point. Story. So, Parler welcomes FBI probe of the company policies after the House Oversight calls for review of the Capitol riot rule. Yeah, House this is Oversight not going to go well for them. Demanded an FBI probe of whether the company was a potential facilitator for planning or violence during the Capitol yeah. riots. They're not. They're not. No, I think some even some reports have said like Facebook and Twitter were the primary like in, were primarily responsible. Anyone with a legitimate like, if you take even a second to look into this kind of stuff, mm -hmm. Parler does not facilitate groups, no, or events or all those kind of things that Facebook is naturally known yeah. for. So it's like, oh, they, there's groups that are for no, no there's not because Parler no. doesn't do that. Have, Parler it's doesn't. Like Twitter, Twitter doesn't have groups. You have followers. Yes. And then you have Echoes. Yes. It's like these people have no idea how Parlor works because they've never been to the site. They just assume so, that it's like the conservative alt-right Facebook. And it's like, no, that's MeWe. But MeWe is just a free speech platform. And they'll be coming and, for MeWe next. Yeah. it's The thing is, like, people... people People who just listen to the media and like, oh, the media said this, so it mm -hmm. must be true, no. have never actually looked into it. Like, no. like Facebook and Twitter were both, and actually, this is this is something that they've already they've already reported on. Yeah, they've already proven that Facebook and Twitter were were primary the primary yeah, places where people were organizing yeah. these things. Parler was not. No. That was just a complete made up excuse. It was basically, to take just down Parler. Like, oh, like people talked about it, and because they talked about it on the platform, that's enough yeah. reason to wipe all their servers 
it's, it's not because it's, Twitter just signed a contract with Amazon a few weeks prior. No, 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 no. We'll not no, no, no. So this is why they're accusing uh, like Amazon and Twitter and all these pl- mm-hmm. companies of antitrust uh, lawsuits. Oh, yeah. Basically, there or is it antitrust where they yeah. they're basically they're doing they this so, to so eliminate their competition. The yeah, yeah. It's it's very bad faith. It's. Mm-hmm. Like all the stuff, it's it's yeah. very like uh, egregious we'll, stuff. We'll kind of maybe bring this stuff up with Tate on Saturday during the roundtable discussion. So, Parler says it welcomes call from the House Oversight Committee for a robust examination of its policies and said it has been robust. cooperating and will continue to with law enforcement efforts in the investigation into the Capitol riot early this month. Parler's comments mm-hmm. come after the House Oversight Committee Chair Carolyn Maloney requested that the FBI investigate the social media platform's role as a potential facilitator of or inciting violence at the Capitol on January 6th. Hmm. Chief Operating Officer Jeffrey Wernick on Thursday said, like other social media platforms, we have been cooperating and will continue to cooperate with law enforcement to identify and prosecute those individuals responsible for organizing and carrying out the shameless January 6th attack. Parlor Weapon mm-hmm. welcomes Representative Maloney's call to have a Federal Bureau of Investigation conduct a robust examination of our policies and actions. Comments come after Maloney sent the letter to the FBI requesting the Bureau also review whether Parlor facilitated planning for the riot and questioned whether it is a potential conduit for foreign governments who may be financing civil unrest in the United States. Oh my gosh, this is basically just saying, it's the Russians! Yeah, it's, it's a hit job, like the worst kind of hit job. Yeah. Um, it's not going to go well for Parler as much as uh, I'm sure this. A, a, the thing is, Parler, if you know anything about how, how, thing, how things operated, like Parler had their stuff on Amazon mm-hmm. because Amazon's the, the biggest uh, web server web provider host in the, in, in the world, right? Yep. By the way, they broke, they broke the, their lease, their contract. They had, a 30, mm-hmm. they had a contract that said that they had to give 30 days notice. They didn't do that, so I think they're going to lose that one. Well, but more importantly, yeah, well, they should. They should. Uh, now, here's more, they, here's more importantly. In order, Parler, in order to, to get back up and running again, they need to find a new web server. And unfortunately, pe- people want to know how this, this whole thing works. The only the only place that that actually will give them what they're asking for, because they, they're not totally sold out to the left-wing agenda, mm-hmm. is uh, a web server a host from Russia. Yeah, you you know you're in a crazy world when Russia is the is the arbiter uh-huh. and the protector of of like you know freedom yeah. and free speech. I'm like, yeah, Russia. That's yeah. that's how that's how America that's how bad America has gotten. That like, there's no such thing as freedom in America. You have to go uh-huh. to Russia to get freedom of speech. Yeah, <laughs> talking about a completely backwards world. Yeah. So Maloney pointed to a number of individuals who have been arrested and charged threatening violence against elected officials or their role in participating directly in the Capitol riots and said the Justice Department allegedly... So the Justice alleged. Department alleged that several, some conspirators posted threatening messages on Parler. Well, yeah. Like, they posted some threatening messages on Parler and there were some posted on Facebook and some on Twitter. Like, if you're gonna, if you're gonna do it to Parler, then you have to also do it to the other two platforms. It's called injustice. There's mm-hmm. an equal application yeah. kind of requirement. You can't you can't uh, apply the law unequally. Yeah, clear and an explicit double standard here. Mm-hmm. So it's clear that Parler houses additional evidence critical for investigations of the attack of the Capitol. Maloney wrote, 
Nerlander Maloney went on to point out questions where he's about Parler's financing and its ties to Russia. Yeah, here's here's Literally where they're because they're get. being forced to do it by Amazon, which is a corrupt company. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, that, they're gonna they're gonna run with that. That's gonna oh, be their big they thing. Are. It's like, oh, they're they 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 they're not being hosted in Russia. They're in line with the Russians. They're mm -hmm. basically Russian spies now. It's like eh, this is the thing. It's like you you can't even be honest anymore because they're they're gonna completely play this for for all it's worth. Yep. I'm going to have to mm -hmm. do a little bit more research on this. Maloney says the DDoS Guard is tied to the Russian government and hosts the websites of other far-right extremist groups, as well as the terrorist group Hamas. Oh, yeah. I have, I... You, see, you see, this is this is the guilt by association yeah. crap that they keep coming mm -hmm. up with. It's like, oh, they're they're connected to Russia. Russia's basically the, the ultimate, like, boogeyman. Yeah. Oh. You know, that, when it's like... The ultimate boogeyman. Russia is a minor, minor, minor threat. Compared to China, China and Iran, which thankfully, before the Trump government ended, the Mike Pompeo said, "Okay, we're going to officially declare what the Chinese is doing a genocide." And I'm like, "Yes, <laughs> yeah, they kind of had to." Do that. Yeah, like this is—it's clearly, but a, it's clearly trying to continue to silence any form of opposition to the mm -hmm. kind of majority message. Anybody yeah. saying that Joe Biden is pushing for unity does not understand mm -hmm. what the word unity means. Unity does not mean get in line or we'll kick you. Mm -hmm. That's not unity. That's encouraging and mandating conformity. Yeah, it's it's like if you if you've ever seen the movie Kung Fu Panda, the yep. second uh, uh, the mat the what's it called what's it Master Shifu mm -hmm. finds out that uh, like you know the vision like oh uh, like the big bad guy is gonna come back, he's yep. like oh go send word to this prison and you know like double the guard, yeah, double everything, guard. and he says like well you know sometimes you you know in your efforts to avoid something is how you get there. Yeah, this is what I'm thinking is happening mm -hmm. here. The, the Democrats, Joe Biden, all these other groups and all that kind of stuff, they think like, you know, oh, well, this is how we're going to take care of this problem. This is how we're going to but they don't realize that they're, 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 actually, yeah. they're actually going to wake up a, a sleeping bear, mm -hmm. like a, a giant. Yeah. Because I, I'm sorry, but like they, they keep, they keep, when you take away people's, like when you take away every legitimate uh, recourse that they have, so you take away people's feeling that, oh, they they still have the power in elections. Mm -hmm. They have the power to speak their their voice here, yeah. there, and all. Like when you take away any any legitimate recourse, and they, people feel like they they have nothing left, what are you going to get? You're going to get yeah. people who are going to rise up. Yeah. And unfortunately, this is where they're heading because yeah, they're they're, they're 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 demonizing half the country. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, half the country is going to get pissed, and you're actually going to get exactly what you're mm. what you're fermenting. Why wouldn't I become that? Yeah, you, know, you sow like the wind and you reap the whirlwind. Like, everybody thinks I'm already one, and mm -hmm. like this group is like, oh, like we'll accept you with open arms, and it's like, mm -hmm. it's like this is not, not to mention how you do this, and not to mention like yes, the Democrats are the ones with the military, but people forget that the Republicans. Like, like, okay, America owns, like, what was it, like, one quarter of the world's guns? Oh, I'm yeah. not sure if that's the, the stat. Yeah. But people also forget that of all those guns, I think, like, vast, majority vast, vast majority of those guns are Republican guns. So, yeah. I'm like, 
if there's anybody who has like the the Second Amendment, you know, like uh, mm -hmm. advantage, it's the Republicans. Oh yeah, yeah, that's definitely true. So mm -hmm. like, I know the Democrats think that this is deplatforming and destroying extremism, but it's only forcing them in degree different meeting places. Mm -hmm. And the meeting places which they might be meeting might be services that actually do espouse white supremacy and that sort mm -hmm. of effects and do espouse exceptional levels of violence yeah. as a way to overcome what they see as an unequal treatment, which it is an equal yeah, treatment, I, but it's violence I, is not the way to overcome an equal treatment. And, and it's a, it's a, it's a never ending cycle because what will happen mm -hmm. is like you said, they're going to create these like, you know, more and more extreme groups yeah. cells that will eventually produce some that will actually mm -hmm. do something crazy. Yeah. And then this crazy thing will happen. This crazy attack will happen. And then suddenly the Democrats will, will, will suddenly be like, you see, you see. And then they'll, they'll use that to, to do, do even worse things. Yeah. And then that will create even more mm -hmm. explosions in other places. And then the Democrats will be like, oh, you see. And then they'll just crack yeah. down even more. And eventually, what they're going to do is they're going to turn Push like fringes. like a massive. So the, instead of like like taking care of these small outbreaks the way they, they mm -hmm. should, they're they're going to create a mass uh, like basically revolution. Yeah, you can see where this is going. It's, civil it's, war, baby. It's civil war. Yeah, like it, yeah. that's kind of how how this will will play mm -hmm. out if we're not careful. So. Yeah. Is like, and the only way that like they're completely <laughs> avoiding the way that it could be prevented. If you want to prevent civil war, you need to have open and honest dialogue, and you need to accept that the other side has a different opinion than you, and shutting them down is not the way to address their difference in opinion. Yeah, and the thing is, like you know, most people don't. People are uh, a lot of people have said, and I actually agree with them, that what the democrat, a lot of the democratic uh, groups and mindset. It's it it's very similar mm -hmm. to a cult. Okay. A cult believes that uh, oh, like everything that they do is is glorious and good, and uh, they they have like groupthink. You know, you're welcome with open arms if you join the cult, and everything that you do around the cult is like you know considered good. Outsiders are treated like the worst thing ever, and they're like you don't you you don't listen to mm -hmm. them, you don't talk to them, you don't uh, yeah. acknowledge them, you don't know anything. And then anybody who rejects the cult is immediately purged mm -hmm. and treated like the worst person ever. This is in and this is in in this in the way the cults operate. That's how the left operates. Because I've I've seen it firsthand. I oh, talk yeah. to people who are leftists, whether they're in the abortion industry, whether they are in the LGBT community, whether mm -hmm. they are in anything. They operate by the same by, by the same modus operandi as cults. Mm -hmm. Right, totally. and and that's how they operate, and it's yep. crazy that this is actually like a cult-like um, system, yep. uh, and and this is why we're going to get more. We're not. We're never going to get anywhere because they they operate like a cult. So that means that they have to purge anybody who's mm -hmm. outside of the cult and and use power to yep. blow them away. So mm -hmm. totally, if you understand how this works. You'll you'll understand why you're seeing things the way they are. Well, yeah, Tate was saying. Tate has basically said the same thing to me when he was a member of the JWs. He's yeah. like, basically, oh, yeah. as part of the teaching, Cult. they tell you, it's like everybody outside of our group is a nasty human being and they will be, like, they're full of sin and full of hate and full of evil. Yeah. And he's like, if and, you want to convince a JW to leave, 
It's like you treat them with love and respect and decency and you show them how much of a good person and a good friend that you can be. And it goes completely mm-hmm. contrary to their teachings. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, and, and they're taught that, uh, don't talk and don't reason with somebody outside mm-hmm. because they're going to try to like brainwash uh, essentially brainwash you into leaving. And that's the worst thing that could happen. So yep. they're, it's fear. They have a fear mm-hmm. of being convinced outside of it. And, you know, that's the way that people operate in the, in the left. They, they literally have chance so that they don't have to mm-hmm. listen to you. Yep. They chant instead of talk. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anyway. <laughs> called it. So called it. I am going to Next one. You. <laughs> be a murder. And I will be the <laughs> Worth it. Totally worth, worth it. it. <laughs> worth it. What a way to go. <laughs> what a way to go. Dying because you called out your co-host for saying anyways too much. Hey, drinking game, people. Drinking game. <laughs> drinking game to a podcast. All right. American trust in the mainstream media hits an all-time low with just 18% of Republicans <laughs> saying they believe journalists after the 2020 election. You think? Mm-hmm. New data from Edelman shows the American trust in the media is at an all-time low. 56% believe that journalists and reporters are purposely trying to mislead. 58% think news organizations are more interested in ideology than in facts. Only 18% of Republicans trust the media versus 57% of Democrats as a whole. That makes sense. Oh yeah, big time. Yeah. Of Americans of all political stripes say they trust the media. Media trust is at lows all around the world, indicating a global phenomenon. Paul finds mm-hmm. CEOs and business leaders are the most trusted figures in America. Go figure, hey. That is actually CEOs and business leaders, like some of these people are lawyers. It's, it's interesting. But think about that. Because like lawyers c- are more trustworthy. <laughs> well, like CEOs and business leaders. Like you think of some of the more prominent like CEOs and business leaders. Like you think of Jack Dorsey, Corrupt. you think of Mark Zuckerberg, you think of um well, even just think, think about Elon all the Musk. companies that think of like Gates. the companies that, that rose up during the the, the the housing bubble. Mm-hmm. These are all CEOs, and they're all yeah. corrupt, and they basically like sold out uh, millions of people to make a buck. So these are the most trustworthy people, according to most polls. Mm-hmm. So trust Go in the figure. media is an all-time low, with less than half of all Americans, just 18% of Republicans, saying they trust traditional media outlets. The new mm-hmm. data from Edelman's 2021 trust barometer was shared with Axios and found that trust in social media has hit an all-time low of just 27%. This is the yeah. area of information bankruptcy, said Richard Edelman, CEO of Edelman, in a statement. We've been lied to by those in charge, and media sources are seen as politicized and biased. The result mm-hmm. is a lack of quality information and increased divisiveness, he said. The poll found that just 56% of Americans agree with the statement. The journalists and reporters are purposely trying to mislead people by saying things they know are false or gross exaggerations. Mm-hmm. Percentage of yeah. Americans that trust traditional media. Look at that drop. Just tanked. Like, what was it? 2019, the trust in media was about probably 59%. It went hot, yeah. And then 2020, it dropped to 56. And then in 2021, mm-hmm. it's now at 46. That's a Tank drop of hard. 10% in one year. Yeah. That's... It's, it's, you have to remember too, like, you know, what happened in that era. Because, mm-hmm. okay, if you look, if you look at that, that chart, 2016 is when like Trump was Trump elected, over, yeah. so it was it was going up. I'm thinking it's because like like um, alternative media and Fox News and all this kind of play, like started going up, mm-hmm. not because that people started trusting the the um, 
um, left-wing media, but because you know yeah. everything that was going on. Then 2019, the coronavirus hit. Well, and late, suddenly late all of the 20, every this, this poll would be taken at the start of the year. So this poll would have been taken in January of 2019. Which so this means is long before COVID. Yeah, which means it started going down in, yeah. almost like recently because immediately you start getting all these reports about China mm-hmm. and how China's the greatest thing ever. And they're so great. Look how great they did the and, and everything just devolved from there. And then now every and then you take that and then you combine it with the like the George Floyd riots that happened in the summer. And all the coronavirus lies that they're telling us. And on top of that, that's when Facebook and Twitter started ramping mm-hmm. up their fact-checking like thing, right? So everything all pools together into this huge thing. And and then on top of that, like the last thing to consider, 2019, people started getting locked in their homes. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. People start doing research. Yep. They had more time. So to all this pools together. With, they have the more time to was. sort through... All sorts of like you know like uh, things that they wouldn't have had them time before, or even the motivation before. Well, and twenty like twenty ninth, like twenty twenty was when you started seeing the decline, and I would say that decline was linked a lot to twenty at the end of twenty nineteen is when they had the impeachment hearings, mm-hmm. and the me the mainstream media was very like, oh yes, this impeachment is necessary. Trudeau, like, uh, not Trudeau, but Trump is a dictator. Like all these mm-hmm. things that were just like completely out there, and it's just like. Nobody, like very, very few Americans actually believe that anything that you're claiming. And then, of course, in 2021, it's like, agree with us or you're a Nazi. Yeah, it's a free fall. Oh, yeah. And it's only going to go, only going to get worse from here. So, yeah. Uh, Trust crashes amongst Trump voters post-US election. Well, that's, yeah, yeah, no doubt. Uh, Because you're you're told that, like, don't believe what you see. Mm -hmm. We believe what we tell you is truly happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I mean, with this one, it's pretty. It's pretty straightforward, Stephen. Like oh, it's yeah, it is. people don't trust the media, but it it shows you that the, the big the key takeaway I take from this is that conservatives. I mean, obviously here this poll is an American one, but among conservatives, conservatives have the least amount of trust in the media. Yeah, and yet like uh, progressives have the most trust in the media, and this plays out very mm-hmm. much in real life because yeah. Whenever Stephen and I, or Stephen or I, talk to somebody online, if they're le- mm-hmm. if they're lefty or a progressive, they have so much confidence in what they're told by the media. Mm-hmm. And every every conservative I talk to, or even libertarian, they have they have almost Zero. no trust whatsoever. They they don't trust the media whatsoever. Every single time, it's like it's like, well, this article was posted by this source, and we all know that they're kind of bought and paid. Bo- like in Canada, in Canada, our media sources that are owned yeah. by Post Media are paid for yeah. by the Canadian government. So it's worse than by, American. It's way worse than American. Anything posted by CTV, yeah. Global, CBC, these organizations are funded by the government. So why on mm-hmm. earth would you take an organization that's funded by the government and why would you trust them if they're saying anything about government? It's called a bribe. Mm-hmm. It's and like people don't they realize that. anything they, they, that went against the government, they would, be, they would be kind of knocked off the donor list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When money and, is and, involved, people become very focused on how can we acquire more instead of mm-hmm. what how can we serve the populace best it's all in yeah. their own best interest instead of how can we tell the truth and speak truth to power which is what the media should be doing mm-hmm. yeah but real journalism is a very rare thing nowadays it mm-hmm. doesn't really exist very much yeah. and you notice it you notice it very much even in how like in the last few days of trump's administration mm-hmm. everything was like oh it's the end of a dictator <laughs> 
Like we're seeing, yeah. we're seeing the end of an era. This is our dark days in America, and then it's like you look dictator Scott. It's like, oh, funny how you can just vote out a dictator. How does that yeah, work? It never <laughs> and then of course you see like the night before the election. It's like, oh, look at these beams of like they're like Joe Biden's arms embracing America. I'm like, are you insane? <laughs> Be like, yeah, if he yeah. embraced you, he'd give you a good sniff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much, eh? Like. It's just so aggravating. And then you look at their questions that they asked when he had his first session. It's like, okay, what are we going to ask him? It's like, will you change the paint scheme on Air Force One? It's like, it's not a real question. The only organization yeah. in that press conference that actually asked me a real question was a Catholic news organization. And I had never even mm. heard of them. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, they asked him a real question. And the, the person doing the press briefing, I forget her name. But she just sidestepped it. She's like, well, Biden's a Catholic. And it's like, that's not, that didn't answer my question. <laughs> and it's like, and nobody like, except for the conservatives actually focused on that. They're like, look at this half answer. Like, this is garbage. And the mainstream media is like, oh, yes, this is totally fine. Like, he's a Catholic. He attended church yesterday morning. And that means he's a Catholic. Yeah. It's like, you were literally just bowing the knee to this guy and not giving him any serious questions. It's like how they treated Obama, but now it's worse. <laughs> well, it's like if you if you follow any of the stuff that happened with Trump, like the media, I mean, they found all sorts of – like they, they, they had a whole mm -hmm. field day about how he ate pizza in New York. It's like, oh, oh he yeah. ate it with a fork and knife. And they had like every major it organization was, like was going nuts on ketchup. that. Yeah, or, or like Melania Trump's how, how like outfit or something like that. They found yeah, just it was they found every excuse they could find. Yeah, about like how horrible Trump is for the most mm. benign things. And then any criticism right? or any like even a perceived criticism of Biden or Kamala, I'm gonna say Kamala because it's just funny and people will be like, he's a racist. I'm like, I know how to pronounce Kamala Harris's name. I just find her deplorable, so I'm gonna pronounce her name wrong. <laughs> but yeah like i only spell i only pronounce names right for people that matter yeah there was a scandal there was a scandal because they took a picture of her that was like oh it had her in converse so she was like she wasn't as professional as they should be portraying her it's like this is the article like this is the scandal because you're not portraying her as professional it's like mm -hmm. you're not focusing on you know constant lies or sleeping her way to the top. No, no, no. None of that matters. None it's, of that. Nope. Does this other media source potentially paint her in a mildly negative light? Yeah. Yeah. Or, or like, you know, before Christmas, like, you know, she was, what did she do? She went on with her husband, I guess, and they talked about her Jewish values, oh, and yeah. it was so cringe. Oh, it was so cringe. Like, she has absolutely no idea of anything Jewish, or mm -hmm. she hijacked so many things and it's like they would have eaten Trump alive for mm -hmm. almost everything that he would have well, said or even, even in a religious her, like, way. MLK ripoff. Yeah, it was like no media source was like she totally ripped this off from MLK. They're like, look mm -hmm. at this wonderful story about her and MLK, <laughs> or like her it's, and her family in Oakland. It's like she would have been one years old. Not happening. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like if you think about how. Uh, Trudeau in Canada, he gets glowing, glowing press coverage. Oh, yeah. But internationally, like he gets lambasted mm -hmm. by news organizations everywhere else. 
Yep. The BBC hates them. Australian news can't stand them. German, like all, all these other news, mm-hmm. like Asian news, they find they him basically, unserious and they're per, and their they find him to be him. the most ridiculously mm-hmm. unserious and un like they don't think they don't no. think highly of him. It's only Canada. Yeah, it's only Canada, and they're just like, look at what's and like there are some American look at his rookie socks. They're going to focus <laughs> on Trudeau less. Because now they're like, oh, look, now we, instead of like comparing everything Trump does to how wonderful we think Trudeau is, now it's just like, oh, everything Biden does is wonderful. Yeah. But. Distractions, right? Yeah. Yeah. Total distractions. Next. Speaking of distractions. Speaking of distractions, this is sort of going to be a distraction. Trump How's has that said for a segue? That was better. It was better. Trump has said nice. to be considering starting a Patriot Party after facing criticism from top Republicans over the Capitol riot. Uh, Trump said he may launch a new political party after leaving office. Sources told the Wall Street Journal he would like to call it the Patriot Party. The report comes from hmm. after Senator Mitch McConnell blamed Trump for the Capitol riots. So, embittered by critical comments from top of Republicans, outgoing President Donald Trump has said he'd be considering a launch of a new political party, the Wall Street Journal reported on Tuesday, which is hours left in mm-hmm. his one-term presidency. would like to call it the Patriot Party, citing sources familiar with the matter. The report came after Mitch McConnell... The top congressional Republican, senatorial Republican, not congressional Republican, delivered a speech Tuesday blaming Trump for this month's riots of the Capitol. And Mitch McConnell is going to likely be primaried. The mob was fed lies. He said they were provoked by the president and other powerful people. Except, of course, if you analyze the timeline, he didn't Mm -hmm. provoke them because he wasn't there. Nope. And he was speaking at the same time that the whole thing was happening. So, it's unclear whether such an effort at the new party would involve the recruitment and running of candidates or serve as a media and merchandise empire for the former presidents. In 1968, George Wallace, the far-right segregationist governor of Alabama, won five states while running as the nominee of the American Independent Party. No third party has candidate has won a statewide federal election since, although numerous independents have been elected to Congress. <laughs> so, like, I like the name. Um, as some people have said, this is, it has the potential of splitting the vote, of splitting the vote, just like it did with mm-hmm. the, uh, conservative party and the Wild Rose party in the Alberta election in 2015. Yep. Um, however, I do like the Republican party as it stands right now is dead. So the Republican party basically needs to have some serious revamping. Mm-hmm. And it's either going to be like, okay, are we going to become an establishment party, or are we going to are we going to remain an establishment party, and kind of mm-hmm. eliminate the Tea Partiers and the, kind of the, those who would consider joining the Patriot Party, or are we mm-hmm. going to become a populist party? Mm-hmm. And, and, and this this isn't that strange as people might think. I mean, mm-hmm. this is strange for us because we like you know. Most of us who've grown up, like you know, in our era, like we've we've only known this one thing. But if you know, if you know American history, this is this is a very common thing. Like, Mm -hmm. for if you okay, just go to Wikipedia, look up the the you know all the presidents you know like that have you know been in charge, and you've had like federalist presidents, you'd have Whig presidents, you've had you've had so many parties. It's incredible the The amount of parties. The Republican Party with a little bit of a switch. (laughs) Like, my goodness, like if you looked at. I watched this one video and it was like the American electoral map from the insight, from the introduction of the country until now. And it's just like the colors just switch. And then Mm -hmm. eventually around the 1900s, then it becomes red and blue permanently. 
Well, and there's there's some there's some fluctuation, but yeah, they they kind of like stick to yeah. the two party system by that point on. But mm-hmm. it's not it's not unheard of. It's it's a um, it's definitely part of American politics in the past, and you know I think I think because of the way that the the American populace is changing mm-hmm. and has changed so dramatically, I think I mean this this would be the right time to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, in in the states, I don't think that would be. I don't think that would necessarily be a bad rebranding for the, the Repu- Republican Party. Yeah. I think because true conservatives are, are just like there's there's too much mm-hmm. uh, widespread like it's like they they're trying to melt something that isn't meltable. Yeah. Right. Whereas mm-hmm. in Canada, um, we don't really have much of an option. Like right no. now, Canada is facing a very serious rift. Mm-hmm. Among the Conservative Party, like uh, the Conservative Party of Canada is pretty much breaking apart at the mm-hmm. seams because you have the hyper liberal portions of the party yep. trying to break with the you know the the more conservative versions of them. Yeah, the red and, Tories, yeah, the red Tories versus the uh, the blue conservatives, and yeah. it's just not working. Mm-hmm. And so I think what will likely happen in Canada, and this is this is what I, I'm thinking might might be. Is I think the NDP will pretty much die. They're, they're, they're too similar to the Liberals, and they're not doing well. I think that the the true NDP might eventually fade from relevance uh-huh. entirely. Kind of... The Greens will stick around because yep. they're they're still yeah. different enough that people will still vote for them. And then I think what will happen is the Conservative Party will split mm-hmm. into uh, more of a centrist. So yep. what one will be a centrist party, which is like you know the O'Toole's and Peter McKay's yep. kind of people, and then mm-hmm. another part will be more of the socially conservative the PPC uh, PPC style party. Yeah, and that actually might be the way it goes, which it's not great, but I mean ultimately it'll you know it'll still create a a way forward, and ultimately even if like let's say even if we split the vote mm-hmm. and the two parties don't have more than the liberals the two parties can still create a coalition and rule instead of the liberals so well the problem i see is that basically right now the the support because of of course like most likely because of media influence the liberals and the ndp have been getting a ton of positive press and Mm -hmm. right now the only conservatives that are getting a positive press is Aaron O'Toole because Aaron O'Toole is now seen as like, oh, Aaron O'Toole is stamping out white supremacy. Curious. And it's like, no, that's not what happened. He didn't stamp out white supremacy. He just said to social conservatives, we don't want you here. He gave them a big middle finger and stuff mm-hmm. like, you're, we don't care about you. And so and, now and social conservatives kind of like, are just saying, and I so- well, I don't think I want to <laughs> be here either way. It's, the, the thing is, O'Toole is... I, I I don't know. Like it, it seems like O'Toole's a complete fool. Oh yeah, because he's doing the same thing Andrew Shear did. If he thinks that this is going to get more more votes in the election, no. he's dreaming because you're splitting your own base. If he's thinking that his own that your own socially conservative base is going to stick with you, yeah, with nonsense like that, it's like mm-hmm. good luck. Yeah, you're even if you gain five percent, even like dreaming, if you gain five percent mm-hmm. of um, of the people like you know that you want. You know, you're still you're still possibly losing five percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like you're not gaining anything. Yeah. See, my like my perfect outcome from all of this would be be like Albertans and Saskatchewan, 
just be like, hello, Derek Sloan. Would you join us <laughs> and like lead our independence party? And then we'll have maybe a little more, more support among social conservatives <laughs> to become independent. Well, like I said, I think that's the only way forward. Is you, oh, yeah. I don't think we're going to be able to keep this party together no. long term. It's just not going to happen. Well, I, don't, I don't think we're going to be able to keep the conservative party together. That I don't think we're going to keep the conservative party together. But I, I think we're really reaching a point in both North in North America, but like United States and Canada specifically, that there is going to be a divergence and like there could easily be kind of saying, okay, well, like this is Canada, this is the United States and we're kind of going to split it based on grouping. Hmm? Cause there's so much division and there's so much angst and there's so much distrust of the other political yeah. side in North America. Yeah. Like you don't notice it as much in other countries, but you yeah. definitely notice in North America and like the yeah. conservative right in Canada, mm -hmm. like especially the social conservatives, like they look at the conservative party and they're like, they don't embody me. It's like the only party mm -hmm. that really embodies me is like the tea party movement of the Republicans. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then of course you look <clears> at the <throat> Democrats and it's like, well, I'm not even being re represented by some of the like non-progressive Democrats. What's the only mm -hmm. party that represents me? It's like, well, the NDP and the liberals up in Canada. Because they're much more... Because they're much I don't know. They're, they're sort of, they're, they are starting to kind of merge, though. Like, the mm -hmm. the the Democrats in the states are becoming much more socialist oh, yeah, in are. their policies. So they're, they're starting to res resemble the Canadian liberals much more oh, yeah, they are. than they used to. Yeah, so... so um, it's, it's here's the thing. We, are, we don't... We're not going to discuss this at a crazy length today just because we don't want to go crazy long for time. However, um, this th this Saturday, it's coming Saturday, January the 23rd, as many people know, we're going to have a roundtable discussion. And mm -hmm. we are going to try and... So we already have a confirmation from Josh Andrus of Project Confederation. Mm -hmm. We have a, a tentative confirmation from our friend Ruben, who will have an interesting perspective on everything. And mm -hmm. then we're looking to have a third guest, which may or may not be coming on. I'll kind of let people know. And yeah, we'll discuss a whole bunch of different things. And we'll probably talk about the future of conservatism in the United States and Canada. And we'll discuss this more in length because we'll have more time to. But mm -hmm. we don't want to go into it a whole bunch today because we're nearing an hour already. Hmm. So we'll move on to the next kind of story here in Canada news are kind of smaller sections on Canada news today. So as we all know, Biden uh, canceled the Keystone XL pipeline project. Alberta Premier Jason Tenney said the U.S. President Joe Biden needs to at least give Canada hearing on the Keystone XL pipeline project. And if not, Canada should <laughs> impose trade sanctions. Yes. <laughs> He canceled the good pipeline luck. expansion. I know. Good luck. Trudeau would never be like, we can't do that. Biden's our friend. He canceled yeah. the pipeline expansion in his first day in office, something he's been promising to do for months. Mm -hmm. And there's no extension on that story. Because it's Well, you like, don't need to. I mean, you, yeah, you know, you know what it the, is. It's basically, you know, like Biden, everyone knew that Biden was going to kill oil. Mm -hmm. He hates oil. He's, he's a true globalist. He believes that Fossil fuels are the de are the devil, and they they will 
they're going to oppose everything Destroy about society. them. It's the the global warming or the you know climate change movement is such a self destructive movement. Okay, it's yeah, yeah, <clears throat> but it's never going to work. Basically, like Canada, like uh, what what was the the, the, the saying I said? You know, asking Trudeau because I think Kenny this with Trudeau, like asking Trudeau to to help stop this like the pipeline from being like from being blocked uh -huh. is like ask, asking the fox to yeah. to like the, uh, the 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 farmer not to tear down the wall around the around the chicken coop it's yeah. like eh, i'm okay with it because this kind of works for it me you know like fox is like this does serve my purposes quite well why would i ask him not to dig on the wall yeah. mm -hmm. Kind of works in my favor, you know. Mm. It's not going to work. It's exactly so. Yeah, like I, I was trying to remember. So I think there was a story from way back when where Trump upped the price of steel. It was on mm. some commodity that mainly affected Quebec and Ontario. And the same steel day that aluminum, Trump, I think it was. Yeah, and the same day that Trump did it, Trudeau imposed sanctions. Mm -hmm. Which it shows you how much Trudeau's favoritism comes into play here and Trudeau's mm. ideological shift because of course he's like well that affects Quebec and that affects Ontario and that's my primary voting block and Albertans won't vote for me even if I do it so I don't give a damn mm -hmm. the thing is Trudeau Trudeau does a lot of lip service but he like mm. he only does it because of uh you know PR oh yeah like he like when he when when that the whole deal with the uh, what was it that four point five billion dollar project and the government took it over? Like he may say, like, oh, we did everything we could. It's like, no, no, no. You you wanted this to happen. This just works very well in your favor. So, mm -hmm. yeah, totally. <clears throat> yeah. That's kind of. I don't, I don't know what what else you could say about it. Like, yeah, Canada, really. like the Canadian the Canadian federal government, they want to phase out oil. Mm -hmm. That's always been the case. Yep. The American Democrats they want to phase out oil. And unfortunately, Kenny is surrounded by the NDP in, in uh, BC. They're surrounded by the hyper liberals out east, and they're surrounded by like the Democrats down south. Mm -hmm. As much as you want uh, oil and gas, to, they, they're sitting so on a gold back. mine. Yeah, we are. They're sitting on a gold mine in a world. I feel kind of like we're like Venezuela. Mm -hmm. Venezuela is basically sitting on one of the world's richest oil reserves, mm -hmm. but their socialist government has completely and totally that the country should be the richest in the world. It's oh, yeah. one of they the most horrible like places. UAE. Yeah, they should be completely on top of the world, but they're not. Yeah, and I think Canada's the same way. We mm -hmm. we basically, yeah, you know, like we're basically sitting on like the, the ultimate like winning lottery ticket, and we're just gonna throw it away. It's really it's like, sad, well, actually. So, if you win that lottery ticket, then that will make someone else feel left out. So you have to. <laughs> yeah, white like, privilege. You idiots. <laughs> so, for our last story, I'm going to do something a little different. So we had <gasps> change, you know, change. Sure. Okay. So I'm going to click this. Yes. Perfect. Magic button. Perfect. Magic button. So. Uh, this is an article, so I'm reading this on Brave because they wouldn't let me read it on Firefox for some reason. So, mm -hmm. of course, we are in Alberta. Alberta's COVID rates are down by half, but experts warn against easing restrictions too soon. Are you kidding me? A month mm -hmm. ago, Alberta was co 
Canada's COVID-19 hotspots, breaking daily records for infections as intensive care units were pushed beyond capacity and health experts warned of a coming catastrophe. Something mm-hmm. that you don't realize is that on December 10th, Alberta's public health official basically said, yeah, our testing is too sensitive, and they changed their testing on December 10th. And Danny and I looked at the looked at the graph, and that mm-hmm. curve starts to bend on around December 10th. Yeah, it just drops. And it doesn't, like, bend. It drops. It three-falls. It, it was, like, super, super high, super high. <laughs> it just goes yeah. down. Mm-hmm. It was it was insane. And yeah. so it's like, huh. But, mm-hmm. of course, like, the only article that you can find is an article from the Globe and Mail. and Which is now sealed. Which is they now sealed. Well, you need to be a subscriber to read Yeah, it's behind the paywall. It's behind a yeah. paywall. And I'm like, mm. But, yeah, like... Yep. This is something that's really interesting. While the situation, so according to this article, the situation in the province is still precarious. Daily infections have since been cut in half. Hospitalizations have leveled off and are beginning to ease. An expected surge from holiday gathers did not happen. There is cautious mm-hmm. optimism amongst health officials, doctors, and epidemiologists that strict measures in mid-December are working to bend the curve down. Lies. Mm-hmm. Lies. Yeah, it's totally, totally garbage, yeah. Because it's like those measures started on November 24th. Mm-hmm. That's when they started. But we didn't see mm-hmm. the dropping and the drop down of the curve for 16 days later. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. And more importantly, more importantly, this is something that people don't understand. The, how do you measure whether or not a lockdown works? Because you look at the stats and you like say, okay, the lockdown was implemented, implemented on, let's say, on the first of a month. Mm-hmm. You would expect that the results of the lockdown, I'm like, you know, less cases, less deaths, would be about, was it like a week or a week and a half delay? Because the idea is that the second you start doing that, that some, like if it has an immediate impact on cases and all that, and mm-hmm. then that would be reflected on later, later uh, dates, right? Because, you know, like right now, what we're seeing right now is started like about a week and a half ago or something like that, right? So we're delayed anyways. Mm -hmm. But when you look at statistics, that never happens. That never happens. They always assume lockdowns are solving everything, but they never have. They can't even point to, if you you look at a graph of stats and you say like, oh, there's a lockdown here. Can you figure out where it was put? And they can never find it because there's never, there's never a a cause and effect. No. You know, a a direct link to, to either one. So this is a perfect example of like um, the opposite. Mm-hmm. You know, the second you find out that the these tests are too sensitive, is instant, instant result. It's like so. Yeah. It, it's not something you would see anywhere else. Mm-hmm. When you see an instant mm-hmm. result like that, like that's that's a cause and effect right there. What you're showing us, mm-hmm. for sure. So, the situation in this, um, there's cautious optimism. That strict measures. I already read that. At the same time, the UCP is facing increasing pressure to loosen these measures. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which include restrictions on all social gatherings and widespread business closures. The province pulled back slightly this week, announcing that small outdoor gatherings would now be permitted and personal service businesses such as hair salons would be available to open. But the government says it's still too early to reopen more widely. Cowards! Mm-hmm. All right. So something people need to understand. And this is something that I'll, I'll just kind of say quickly. Okay. PCR tests. Um, PCR tests rely on something called cycle threshold, which is basically they put it in this little a little machine. It it runs it on cycles, and what this does amplifies the the, the genetic 
material in there in order to find, you know, the hidden, like, you know, things in there. Um, a reasonable cycle threshold is 25 to mm -hmm. around 30. That's a reasonable one because yeah. you're, you're going to get a fairly much more likely you're going to find yeah. a more accurate picture of what's there. The second you start going past 30, so like you go into the 35, you're starting to see 90% mm -hmm. false positive rates. Yeah. It's not because, and it's not because, like you know, um, like the government. I've actually looked at the government website. They say like, oh, the false positive rate. It's like it's like less than three percent. It's it's super rare. I'm like, yeah, but they're not telling you the whole story. Mm -hmm. It's it's the cycle threshold is key. So Ontario, their cycle threshold last I checked was around forty. Mm -hmm. You're guaranteed to get almost entirely useless false results. Positive. These these results are so. Bad. Um, they're they're basically garbage. Yeah. And yet they're basing everything on those results. So yeah. if you're being told that a case equals in, in like a illness, not at all. That's why whenever people tell me like, oh, so and so just tested positive for COVID, and I'm like, a, nope. they don't. A, they probably don't have COVID if they're not sick. B, the case does not equal sick. Yeah. Because false positive rates are. So Dependently high, yeah. they're massive, and these yeah. tests th these tests need to be discredited immediately. Mm -hmm. They're just they garbage. So yes, uh, so yeah. and they argue for there's still significant risk for the province, such as more contagious COVID nineteen variants discovered in the UK and South Africa that demand more caution, not not less. It's actually more <clears throat> ones that came out just the past few weeks. I don't think we're out of the woods yet, said Stephanie Smith, hospital infection control at the University of Alberta. And Professor I think all of us are worried that next week the government's going to say, okay, we're going to open things up again. And she says, I'm worried that would be too soon. Panic torn! Panic torn! Fear! Fear! Everyone's got to be afraid of everything. Infections in most provinces started picking up into the fall after a relatively cold summer in which COVID-19 cases slowed to a trickle. I wonder why that is. Maybe because it's not <laughs> season. Manitoba was the first province to see a significant surge, followed by a spike in Alberta that was faster and more severe than any other province during the second wave. Maybe because we're testing incorrectly. Mm -hmm. Alberta Nothing. reported more than 1,800 infections per day in mid-December, more than three times the rate of Ontario, and soon mm -hmm. led the country in hospitalizations and intensive care admissions. More than 20 people a day are dying from COVID, with almost 800 deaths since the beginning of December. Mm hmm I guess what that uh, little drop there is. When 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 did that start, Stephen? December uh, December tenth is right here. Tenth? Oh. <laughs> what? Seems like they're connected somehow. Yeah. Yeah, just a little bit. Just a little bit. I, I've always this is something I've always said. Like the way that the testing is done, all you really need is the Dr. Hinshaw literally needs to be on her phone and be like, like call the labs, the Alberta, like the labs yeah. that are testing and be like, uh, yeah, we need to like, we need to increase the cases because people aren't scared enough anymore. So yeah, why don't you go ahead and change the settings from like 30 to like, go, go for like 40, mm -hmm. just change it up and all that. Suddenly the next day cases are going to skyrocket Yeah, because this is, that's how arbitrary the system is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can, they, they don't tell you how much they're testing that. Oh, yeah. So the provincial government mm. boasted last year that they had among the least stringent approaches to the pandemic in the country, opening up wider and staying open longer than most places in Canada. And we mm -hmm. applauded them for it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jason Kenney said his government preferred to rely on voluntary measures while appealing to Alberta's sense of personal responsibility. Yes, that's the uh-huh. right approach. That approach mm-hmm. became untenable as the province's ICUs were filled past capacity and the province scrambled to add more beds. False. Yeah. Yeah. That is a complete lie. Mm-hmm. That never happened. Mm-hmm. Mo- more importantly, there's missing context. Okay, this is like a Facebook, like, you know, fact checks, like mm-hmm. missing context, you know. Yeah. Something that they don't tell you is that their is- capacity changes. No, well, not not only that is that Alberta, like, got like the um, the Alberta healthcare is like their their hospitals are at capacity or Already. usually get really close every single year. Yeah, every year we we well, have. It's not even. It's basically every socialized healthcare country. But Canada's even the worst one. Oh, Canada's. I was I was I was listening. I was listening to uh, John Carpe. He was talking about the the problems with the Alberta, well, the Canadian, like you know, healthcare mm-hmm. system, and he was basically saying that, like pound for pound, if you th- if you're talking about value per capita, Canada has what, the worst, like ranking worst healthcare system mm-hmm. in of all the of all the industrialized, yeah. like you know, Western nations. We have the worst value because we spend the most per capita. Out of all of the industrialized nations, and we have the worst outcomes in terms of like hospital, mm-hmm. uh, like you know, care, like beds, yeah. uh, all these kind of things. We have, we, we have a terrible, such. we have a terrible system. And so, so what you really need to ask is not is COVID causing this, but why is our system so broken yeah, that a, a couple not? of extra, a couple of extra ICU and hospital admissions are breaking our system? Yeah. That should be a question that you should ask mm-hmm. because is the issue COVID or is the issue that our system is so fragile yep. that I can't handle a couple of extra, mm-hmm. you know, admissions. That's yeah. where the issue should lie. So, so when they're telling you that COVID is causing the, this is unprecedented in the history of Canada. No, it's not. You're not told that this is a, this is a yearly problem for Canada. Mm-hmm. Yearly problem. Every year hospitals are way too full, overcrowded. And, now they're just saying that COVID is now the cause. Like, no, it's not. No. So context oh, really yeah. helps. Context definitely matters. So it does. Um, in late November. Oh, can... Sorry. Yep. I was gonna say, like, don't don't delete, uh, don't don't get rid of this page. I want to ask you something after to see if you can copy and paste it because I don't think we're gonna be able to get this after. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna yeah, see. Go. Um. Anybody who wants to view this article can, of course, read along while I've been going. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, as cases have been dropping, um, Dr. Smith says the hospitalization numbers in particular assigned the decrease in infections is not simply because of lower testing. She noted the percentage of tests that come back positive has also been decreasing. Mm. She says a high mm. positivity rate would not suggest enough people are being tested. Mm-hmm. Nope. So as the time has gone on, we've gone further and further from Christmas and New Year's, and these trends continue, then I do think it's real. The latest round of federal modeling released on Friday projected infections to continue falling in Alberta and Manitoba until at least March, but increasing significantly in Quebec, Ontario, and BC. Recent opinion Hmm. polling has suggested Albertans followed public health orders over the holidays at higher rates than other provinces. Really? <laughs> yeah, tell that to their advertising campaign over Christmas oh, of like, like that guy with like that that COVID like you know like virus head. Oh, it was so horrible. Was I was so like, you, you're you're not even you're not even being 
like you know genuine you're being you're actually being it's like so like the worst it was so bad yeah like you're not even being like kind-hearted anymore you're just you're trying to scare people like so, in in a really bad faith way so this no, could also be cool. like the kind of polling where people thought that like if they responded that they did get there together with their family members then the police would show up at their door mm-hmm. <laughs> surveys from innovative research group and ledger found that both res- both found respondents in Alberta were more likely to say they avoided contact outside their household than those from other provinces. Most likely because the punishment for getting together with those outside of your household was twelve hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. And police had gone and checked out people and like given out tickets. And just mm-hmm. prior to Christmas, I th- yeah, it was just was it just prior to Christmas where we had that incident with the guy who was skating? Yeah, that yeah, it was just it was just skating. prior to Christmas. It was got before arrested. Christmas. Yeah, it was right before Christmas where people got a, like that kid got arrested for skating publicly in a on a public skating rink. Mm-hmm. So it's like, why would I potentially like reveal my name to the government so the government can give me a ticket? Yeah. Like I think that there should be like that should be entered into the equation. It's like the fear of government plays a role in how people respond to public surveys and public polling. Mm-hmm. Especially well, yeah. not so much before COVID, but definitely since COVID. Yeah. Yeah, the one thing that's important to remember is um, you can't. Uh, you have to take everything that they say say mm-hmm. to you with a grain of salt. Like, let me let me put it really simply. Let me put it really simply. They don't want to release you from these lockdowns. No, they want They're power. going to tell you everything that they can to mm-hmm. keep these going. So if you're hoping that these will eventually go away by themselves, you're fooling yourself. They're not gonna. They're not gonna let yeah. you out. Right they're now, to they're kind of just forever. being like, oh, we can't reopen too soon. You don't, Like, we can only reopen when every single member of the population has the COVID-19 vaccine. Yeah. And it's like, and well, even then, people are not, people are then, not conforming to our numbers. What are we going to do? We're going to start punishing those who don't take it. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, like, despite the fact that we're punishing, it's like, yeah. well, now we have to round them up. Well, like letting them, he, making them lose their job wasn't enough. Now we have to put them in internment facilities. Well, and that's the thing. I saw a video today uh, or yesterday. There's a guy who came from a flight oh, yeah. uh, from uh, like somewhere else. And he was interviewed while he was in a in COVID facility hotel. here in Calgary, an internment hotel. And what was he put into? He was basically, he was given no choice. He's like, nope, you don't got a choice. You're automatically, yeah. you, you, you can either go there with us you or you can go there handcuffs arrested Mm -hmm. and then he was put there it's a hotel but it's a prison yeah let's put it this way it is a prison you can't you can't a very fancy comfy prison of your hotel you can't do anything and you and and you eat whatever they tell you to eat there's and and it's worse than prison i I will say this it's worse than prison Mm -hmm. because in prison you at least get to interact with other people here you are isolated completely for two whole weeks this is two weeks of solitary confinement it's it's brutal. It's mm-hmm. and that's what they're heading. That's what they're going to, and yeah. so just so you know, this so is even, coming. Even this article it says the start of vaccinations has added to the optimism about the situation in Alberta that is unlikely to have a significant impact on hospitalizations for some time. The average it's patient never receiving end. critical care treatment is fifty nine years old, while the average mm-hmm. age of hospitalized COVID nineteen infections is sixty three. The average age of hospitalized COVID nineteen deaths is eighty two. <laughs> see how they can lie with stats oh i know so mm-hmm. and then they talk to a bunch of other doctors who are like oh yeah you need to see the big picture 
Yeah. It's like, no, we don't need to see the big picture. You're not addressing anything about the damage lockdown is doing. And mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons why people in Canada don't trust the media, because you will not find a single one. Like, you might find, like, maybe the Toronto Sun. Yeah. Maybe the Calgary Sun. They'll kind of have, like, oh, this is an opinion piece saying the lockdowns are damaging. Yeah. But they won't say or, or, or alternative media is the only oh, option yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Like the post millennial, uh, True North, True North uh, Rebel News, News, Rebel News, and couple Matt other ones that. Hey, <laughs> we're sort of we'll tell you everything. We're an independent media group. Yay! Yeah. Yay! Yay! So, but yes, yeah, this is this is the problem. Is that um, mm-hmm. people? Uh, so many people I talk to believe that. Oh, we just got to get through it. And I think I think I understand why because we've been through something like this before last year. Remember, last year we had like the the whole thing in the early January all the way until like what was it like May before yeah, they finally yeah. started letting people out and all that. They're following that 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 approach. They think like, oh, this is gonna be the same as that. Mm-hmm. And and there, it's not. It's it's just not gonna happen. So yeah. I will say this. If you haven't had a chance to take a look at it, uh, look into the J- Justice Center uh, for Constitutional Freedoms. Yep. They're the ones suing the government, and they, they're they basically trying to force the government to prove that lockdowns are, like, lockdowns are effective and they're working, and also to prove that they are necessary. Because what's happening right now is they're using the, the, pa- the pandemic, because uh, I actually believe the pandemic ended like mm-hmm. a while, while back, but they're using the pandemic as a as a justification for breaking the charter. Yeah. And unfortunately, in order to break the charter, in order to violate the charter, you need to present. The government has to prove mm-hmm. that the all these things are necessary and justified and reasonable. And unfortunately, no one has required them to do that. Yep. They can say all the lies they want on on a press conference, but in court, they can't just rely on platitudes. They actually. They have to present real, legitimate evidence, and it's going to be interesting to see yep. if they can, because I don't think that they will. No. No. All right, so that's going to be the episode for today. We're already at pretty much an hour and 20 minutes. Oh, no. I know. We'll talk more on Saturday. It'll be a longer discussion, okay. and we'll have more Yay. guests and hopefully more varied opinions, mm-hmm. and I'm really, really looking forward to it. It should be great. So uh, if you are following us on any of our platforms, I go over them every time. I'm not going to do it today because we've already gone over our time by a large amount. So if you follow us no on parlor. any platforms, hopefully it's Parlor. I did hear a report that Parlor will be back before the end of the month. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So that'd be great. And yeah, you know what you know the drill. You know what to do. So that's right. Check out the roundtable discussion. Ask your questions. Make sure your voice is heard. And. Mm-hmm. Uh, next February, or no, not next February, but this coming February on the 20th, there will be a super rally and we will be in attendance interviewing people. Yeah. Come out, check us out, get interviewed, and join the conversation. Mm-hmm. So, thank you for watching, thank you for listening, have a great night, and God bless everybody. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and here are the half-blind tacklers. We may be blind, but we can still see the <laughs> truth. Uh-huh. I got it in. I got it Memory! In. Memory! Memory. <laughs>